podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Jay Gardner and Sarah Miller. Welcome to the dive table. I'm Jay Gardner and with me now I can say as always on this podcast is Miss Sarah Miller. Sarah, how are you doing today? What's up? I'm doing great. My hair is still wet from guiding this morning. I'm fresh from the the dive boat, so I'm I'm ready to talk here. Let's go. <laughs> You're ready to jump in, dive in, back roll in, whatever portion of it. I just have to say right off the get-go how excited about the season I am and about you joining the show and the I mean I know we'll get to it later in, in this episode, but uh, but I just want to say off the bat how excited I am to have you and how uh, amazing I think this partnership is going to be. So welcome and and that needed to be said. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. And it's cool to kind of have the the following year, right? We, we kicked off last year together as uh, when I was a guest co-host. So now we get to see what what's changed. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's very true. Yeah. And, and I, I think there'll probably be a prequel episode, but if you haven't caught up and this is the first episode you're listening to, um, or you missed all the announcements that were made or oh, whatever, this is the first time you've heard from the dive table in a while. Sarah has come on to join uh, the dive table as co-host alongside of me uh, permanently. So for forever, or as long as we can keep the show going, right? Uh, or as long as we have things to talk about. So uh, that was a huge, huge, exciting thing. And I, you know, I, we've said it a, a thousand times, but uh, it worth, it's worth repeating that Sarah, when, when producer Daniel and I talked about who we wanted to be as our you know, permanent co-host after season two, Sarah was at the top of the list. We were like nervous, you know, school kids, like we got to ask her what if she says no. And so there's a whole conversation and she said yes. So that's how we got to this moment, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's it's cool. I um, For those of you who don't know, I primarily for like internet things, I'm primarily on YouTube. I'm also on all the other social media channels with my brand, Asul Unlimited. And uh I'm I'm just excited. To, I don't know much about podcasting. I'm excited to like learn this format and be able to connect to people in a different way because this is very intimate. You know, having a conversation and and sharing it with people. So it's a cool thing that I'm I'm excited to embark on with you guys. Awesome, and it's going to be a great season. We'll talk about all the things we're looking forward to later, or maybe another episode. Who knows? But for this episode, we wanted to, to kick off the year, kick off the season with the the I think annual question that we've been asking ourselves at the dive table, which is: Is scuba diving special? I mean, why are we still doing this activity, sport, whatever you want to call it, however you define it? But why are we still diving? Why are we still spending all of this time, effort, energy, resources, money, money, talking about doing scuba diving? So we we kicked off last season together with this topic and you were a guest co-host. So I think you're right. It'll be exciting to see what's changed in the last year. Is it still special and why? So you you have any highlights from the the last year you wanna you wanna give the the listeners out there of, of what's changed or 
Oh, my gosh. So much has changed. I mean, this year has been wild for me. I've uh, really been working on on my brand and community building. You know, I, I live in my van and travel, and it's allowed me to meet people in person, dive with them. Um, I just ran my second Baja dive expedition, and I had eight people join me who had found me on the internet and knew me from my YouTube videos. Like I had never met them, which was like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Cause that to me is so like, it's so wild and life changing, you know, like when I started YouTube, there wasn't this idea of like, Oh, I'm going to be an influencer because a, I hate that word. Um, I don't know why I just have like a thing about like <laughs> influencing. Um, but be, I, I don't know. I just didn't think of it as a possibility and it's happening. And now, you know, I'm taking another group to Komodo in, in June and I have another trip to Socorro in 2025. And it's just like, whoa, you know, talk about a scuba diving special. My goodness, the community that is building around, you know, my other brand is so, so special. Like I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, when you started that, it was kind of coming off of the heels of closing down the dive shop in Komodo and and not I'm paraphrasing, you can you can putting words in your mouth, but you can say it for yourself, not really knowing what what the next chapter held and this was kind of like a passion project from what I understand for you. And so to see it in the last year bloom, I'm sure has been amazing from your eyes. It's crazy. I mean, it really was it, when it when we started making a lot more videos in 2020, it was sort of like a Hail Mary of like, are we going to save this business in Komodo, you know? Um, and to turn it into what it is now is just like, it's so weird. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. We were at, together at Dima and, and um, we got to do, uh, we went live, I guess is, is the best way to phrase it. And it was cool to interact with some of your community there and, you know, the questions and then they've connected with me and said, Hey, you know, can't wait for the season and this, that, another thing. And so to see the community, not only is it engaged, but they're really cool people as well. And you're getting to dive yeah. with them and meet them. That's awesome. I mean, you can't ask for yeah. much more than that. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. They're, they're going to be coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. They're awesome. Good. They're I'm great. Glad. Uh, I've already got that email like, Hey, maybe we could do this. And you, Sarah could do this. We could all do this together. It's like, great, let's do it. Like yeah. no worries. Yeah. Yeah. For me in the last year, I, I mean, I'll be honest, season two was rough for me. It was, uh, and the reason it was rough, it was a lot of work because, you know, it takes a couple of episodes to get comfortable even if you're really good friends just in in this medium it's it's different in podcasting so every you know three episodes there was a turnover of a new co-host and although these were all really good friends of mine people I love talking to there was a you know an, a, a challenge every single time that I had to meet and um and it was it was really tiring um, but it's funny also in the last year as some of the listeners I think out there know for me, the, you know, I've always believed wherever you pour in yourself and your work, and it's a long story, but it goes back to uh, a shaman in a field in London and la, la, la. We'll tell it someday. But the guy I cannot asked me, wait for that story. <laughs> it's a funny one. It's a really funny story. Actually, you know what? This is the episode to tell it, right? If you're going to tell anything, why Let's not tell go. it? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go for it. So a long, not a long time ago, a few years back, 
in my other life that's not scuba, I did a lot of travel and, and speaking at different uh, events and things. And this particular event I spoke at was out in the middle of you know the UK on a big farm that used to be a big dairy farm out there living in yurts for you know four or five days. And I had spoken a few times there and, and done some mentoring and all that to entrepreneurs and startup folks that were there. And I needed a ride back to London. Uh, the event was over. And there was this guy who is this, this, I don't know, shaman type style person who I'd gone to his talk and his talk was all about how, you know, following your passion and your dreams, which I thought was a bunch of BS to tell uh, startup folks. I, I do. I mean, I think that you can have a passion and a dream and it doesn't mean there's a business. There's a difference right. between those two things. And it's yeah. dangerous to just say, follow your dreams, follow your passions to someone who uh, doesn't know the the ins and outs of, of they have to have a business attached to that to make money mm -hmm. to survive. It's all good if money is not an issue. So anyway, of course, I needed to ride back to London and I communicated that. And the person that rose their hand to take me was the shaman. I go, oh, great. I'm be stuck in a car, close quarters with this guy for four and a half hours who thinks, you know, follow your passions and your dreams. I mean, how many platitudes are we going to go through in four hours? You know, like, <laughs> oh, gosh. So I get in the car and, you know, the conversation starts. And of course, like, I didn't pull any punches. You know, he said, oh, you came to my talk. What did you think? I said, well, I think it's dangerous what you're saying. And here's why. And I was honest about it. He said, you have a really good point, but let me ask you a different question. Um, where are you at your best? And that question set me back a minute. It really did. Where am I at my best? So, well, what, how do you evaluate that? What, what are the criteria that you put to saying I'm at my best? Well, where's the fruit? Where are the good things in your life? Where have they come mm. from? And then try to trace those back. And I said, well, I don't really know. I don't have an answer for that. I, I mean, that's some introspective work. And it set me off on this little journey of, well, where do the good things come from my life? You know, where does this come from that from? And as I went through that over the course of the next few months, of course, this stinking shaman guy, um, I called him back up and I said, I think I have an answer. And I said, you know, when I trace everything that's good that happened in my life or that's happening in my life, it's from me being open up on a stage or, or you know, that's the you know, a microphone in front of my face. That's the metaphor. But it's, it's teaching, it's sharing openly, it's being public about who I am. That's when good things happen. So, wow, that's, that's very insightful. And then the next thing he said to me has been now a lifelong journey. And we've become very good friends and laugh about me telling him he was full of BS a long time ago. But the next thing he said was, that's great. Now try to organize your life around that, regardless of what you think the return will be, financially, mm -hmm. fame, you know, mm. wealth, all that. Organize your life. Say yes to all the things that allow you to be at your best, to put a microphone in front of your face and say no to anything that's not that and see what happens. And that has been a lifelong journey for me of, of now trying to do that, put myself in a position, say yes to things that allow me to teach, that allow me to learn, that allow me to be open, regardless of what I think the outcome of it will be. And say no to the things that don't do that, you know, say no to <laughs> the jobs that maybe pay a lot better, but mm -hmm. it's not me teaching. It's not me, uh, at my best. And, um, and I'll tell you that has been a, an amazing thing. And the reason I bring all that up, I guess, is one, we're on season one or season three, episode one, you can tell these stories. But the other reason is 
is I believe that when you're in, at your best and you're starting to put yourself into that, that that's where the fruit or that's where the payoff or that's where good things start to come from. And so I see it with with you, with Azul and and the, the you being at your best. You know, you you keep on telling me to embrace the uh, the the goofy, embrace the fun, and and that's all it is. And, and that's what you've been doing, embracing yourself, right, with Azul, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's for me, that's yeah, powerful. Ahead. That's super powerful. I love that that tip. You know, and that's it. Doesn't have to be. I think for me. You know, so many of us, I think because a lot of people struggle financially or whatever, like we're always looking at how we can make things be a business or whatever. But like you can also like just get your life to have those things without making it your income. You know, I think you were looking at it from an entrepreneurial like you got to make money and everything. But like, you know, you can also bring that energy into your hobbies and the way that you connect with your friends and stuff. And like, maybe that's not how you make your living, but it impacts everything else, right? It makes everything else better. I I don't know where I'm going with that, but it just, it's, I think it's uh, topical to like why scuba diving is special. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's something that when you judge wealth or, or resources, with only a dollar sign or a pound sign or whatever currency you're listening to this in uh, sign, it, you know, you miss a lot of the other pieces that, that are there. And, mm-hmm. and it's true when you pour yourself into something, the fruit may not be, you know, the, you're a bajillionaire. It may be riches in way other different ways. And that's what I've experienced, right? I mean, scuba is for me, uh, you know, uh, a, a lifestyle at this point, you know, it's a way of being, it's a, it's a thought process. And that's, what's changed in the last year for me is I, I set the intention. I want to make scuba what I get to wake up and do every day. And that's not true yet, but it will be. And, and, uh, and what's great about that is in this last year, I took the big step of now becoming part owner, co-owner, of uh, UTD Unified Team Diving, uh, a training Congratulations. agency. Yes, thank you. Yes, and it was a big, uh, it was a big surprise. It was one of those out of the blue. I got the phone call from the CEO and who I knew well and and love what UTD stands for. And he said, "Hey, I want to hit you with a weird question. What do you think about coming on as a co-owner?" And I was like, "What? Like that wasn't even in my thought process of something to do." And it goes back to that principle. Say yes to the things that put you in position to, to be you and say no to anything else. And so I thought about it for probably 30 seconds. Does this put me in a position? Of course it does to teach. I have a training agency, right? And mm-hmm. to make that better. And do I believe in UTD? Do I believe in what they stand for and who they are and, and all these things, which was a yes already. And so I said, yes. And it took a few months to work out the details and do all the paperwork and la la la. But now I'm officially a co-owner of of the training agency, and I and I see it as an amazing opportunity to transform people's lives, as it did yeah. for me. Um, so that's big, big, huge change. Other than I moved, which everyone knows about, I moved back to California, but. Um, Big, huge change. But anyway, we're all philosophical and off into the <laughs> shamans and in the fields of the UK now. This is a good way to start the season. I feel like it's going to hey, be I'm, 
I'm feeling I'm feeling grounded. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're all we're all grounded. We can give our ohms, uh, you know, our deep, uh, you know, breaths here and and move on. Okay. Well, good. So you have been moving like crazy with Azul, all these trips. I am now the co-owner of UTD, and uh, there's three of us, so it's co-co-owner. I don't know how those titles work. Um, and we have the dive table with both of us forevermore, which is awesome. <laughs> that sounds funny, huh? Forevermore, <laughs> at least until we either run out of things to talk about or we, uh, we can't do it anymore. But let's get into maybe the, the fun of this episode, which is, is diving still special to you? You know, is it special? If it is, what makes it special? Is it something that you want to keep doing? Is it something that's now a job? You know, both of us now work in the industry. We're both instructors. Uh, what is it about diving that makes it so special to you, Sarah? So floor is yours. Oh, man. Uh, well, I already mentioned, for me, the big theme this last year has been community building. And it's been so much more special this year than ever before because, you know, when I first moved into my van, I was so broke. I was not, like, I was trying to recover from losing the business and, like, just, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. And I spent a lot of time, um, sleeping in, in cities, you know, urban camping because I just couldn't afford to like do the influencer, you know, van life thing of going off to all the national parks and going across country. And like, I couldn't do it. It just wasn't an option, but, um, I don't know. I, I stayed positive through it. Cause I guess I just knew that I had to like, otherwise I would slip into a depression and, you know, just not be okay. And I have a lot of different communities in my life. And, um, you know, I've mentioned this to my, uh, to my following, they, they know about this. I'm, I'm sober, I'm in recovery. And, um, that community carried me through all of that tough time, you know, and what I found with getting my feet on the ground and really getting to know the people that are following me and have learned from me online uh, is that this community can kind of be that for other people where like maybe they don't have communities in other ways. And that to me is so powerful. Like I have been able to meet people that are just looking for that. They're, they're looking for a connection and to feel empowered and uh, just have, have something magical in their lives, you know, because when we have these moments of, even though we're, we're virtual, right? But I feel connected to you as we're discussing things, right? Especially because we've already brought shamanism into this. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's something really profound. And I love being able to be sort of the catalyst for bringing people together. And then my favorite thing in the whole world is when those people meet and then they go off and they do their thing, you know? And it just mm -hmm. becomes this spider web of, people that have connected because of a soul unlimited 
I'm sure you've experienced that with the dive table too, and we'll experience that together as this podcast grows. Um, but that to me is just like, because I know how important community is for me and seeing this, like seeing my diver community grow, you know, with Patreon and all these other um, groups that I run and organize. It's, it's mind blowing. It's so special to me. Um, and hearing their stories about like overcoming fears. I think I mentioned that in the episode last year, uh, cause that's always a big thing for me. Why I love scuba so much is seeing people overcome and like feel so empowered, you know, mm. like, Oh wow, I can do this. And this is amazing, you know, and being that person that sees that click happen, right? Mm. Like the, the light goes on in their eyes and they're just like enthralled. I mean, today, oh my God, I had two people with like single digit dives, right? Like brand new divers. We went to Cabo San Lucas, the Marine park. And we saw, we were just at like the normal dive site that everybody goes to Pelican rock. And we were there and all of a sudden three mobile rays came oh, around wow. and started just, just cruising. You know, they weren't heading anywhere. They were just hanging out. I was like, <laughs> what? You know, like scripted amazing, any amazing, yeah. so magical. And lastly, I'll shut up soon. Um, the, no, please the, continue. The, the last thing that I've really been getting deeper into this year, and I hope to get even more into as time goes on, is, you know, the ocean has always been important for me advocating for it, conservation, all of those things. But I've been able to like directly impact and be involved in organizations that I truly believe in. Like I've, I don't do a school unlimited as a full-time gig. I'm alongside, you know, I'm with you in that it doesn't quite cover that, you know, financially. So I, I run social media accounts and one of them is Reef Check Foundation. They're a nonprofit organization. And I just, I love being that, like helping to get their voice and their, um, their mission and accomplishments out into the public, you know, um, seeing that grow and seeing what they can do, like the actual impact that they have on policies and, um, you know, advocating for different places and restoration, that's hugely important to me. And that's part of the reason why my trip in 2025 to Socorro, that's a citizen science trip with fins mm. attached and so we're going to be learning about shark research and all of that nerdy stuff, which I'm like so excited about. I can't even like, <laughs> can't even tell you. Um, but those, those are the main things for me. Like that's, that's what gets me so excited about the work that I do and to keep going and to keep pushing to grow this thing in the way that feels authentic to me. Like I, I just, I feel very uncomfortable a lot of the times I've mentioned like the whole influencer thing. It just doesn't, I feel weird about it. I don't like it when my stuff goes viral. It's like very <laughs> uncomfortable to me. And so, um, which is really weird because that's like exactly what somebody in my position would want. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of a str strange person. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's 
that's something that's what I see in diving. That's my love letter to it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, so you mentioned community and I think that's such an interesting aspect of diving and, and maybe, you know, there's something like two and a half million divers worldwide that they consider active. And, you know, what I've learned being in this industry the last few years has been just how small it is, you know, and how interconnected it is and, Mm -hmm. um, and how relational it is. I mean, it really is, you know, they call it retail politics, but it really is door to door caucus politics of, of people know people and the memories are long. And sometimes those memories aren't great. You have heard a lot of different stories and things and, but the community aspect, you know, that was something that was surprising to me getting into diving was how much diving is a team activity or a, or a shared activity. And I remember a long time ago, you know, it, it's kind of a sad story, but I think I was in, in Belgium and it happened to be, you know, this, these two events crossed over on my birthday. So I just was going to spend my birthday in, uh, in Belgium. And there's this city in Belgium that I love called Ghent. It's kind of a college town, you know, old Trappist monks breweries and things like that. But it has a very Gothic feel to it. The old castle's still there. I said, oh, well, I'll spend my birthday in Ghent. I, I love that place. I'll go there. So I did. I went and had an Airbnb there and, you know, along the river and all this stuff. And I remember walking around Ghent and just loving it, you know, and let's be honest, the Belgians, you know, get some things right. Number one, if if you're getting chocolate right, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, but not only chocolate, then they've got the Belgian waffle. So, I mean, come on, (laughs) waffles are right. Then Belgian frites, which are basically the, you know, origin of French fries, which are amazing. Uh, And then Belgian beer. I mean, beer, waffles, fries, and chocolate. I mean, Something's happening right in Belgium. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> and if you're spending your birthday around those things in an amazing city, it should be this lovely, incredible thing. And it, and it was and it wasn't because it, it was by myself. And I remember years later, uh, a colleague of mine, we happened to be again in Belgium. And I said, we've got to go to Ghent for a day uh, or, or two and just hang out. And we did. And he was a good friend of mine. And it was like a whole different experience walking around showing him, here's this and here's that. And here's this thing I went and did. No, we have to have a a, a beer on this bridge because of blah, blah, blah. And there's something about the shared quality of, of a space, of, of a place that creates that community. And I think diving in the same way, because so few of us get the opportunity to really go underwater and see what's down there, you know, and we're uh, to experience it in, in that way. And regardless of your, you know, configuration and, you know, your training and this, this stuff, throw all that out the window that, that we all get to go underneath the water and experience something together. And, you know, there was this great project of like before and after photos, uh, before the dive and after the dive photos. Mm. And they would take a picture of people before they went diving and then take a picture right when they were back on the boat or right on the surface. And there's just this smile and this release. And then it's shared with somebody else and that, that community piece. And to me, that was very surprising. I didn't expect that. I didn't think about scuba diving in that way until I started to experience it. And I also think it's a, for me, it can be double-edged sword, this community piece, because they're 
you know, I built up an amazing community in, in Texas and with mm-hmm. trust and people that I, I could get in the water with, with really complex dives and felt good about it. And here it's been different uh, in California in the sense that it takes time to build those mm-hmm. relationships. It takes time to, to get in the water together and feel each other out and, and know, you know, be interested in the same things. And so I've, I've been lacking that a little bit here mm. in, in San Diego, trying to rebuild that being brand new to this, this community. Yeah. I have an idea then when I come back through San Diego, we should do like a meetup. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We we'll do a little, do a little diving meetup. Yeah. So it'd be so I, cool. I team, team was on mine. I, I call it team, but community is really what that is. And it was a, a very surprising benefit. I've met, I mean, like you, you and I have met over diving, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet like when, when we were together the first time, I think in Long Beach, first time we met in person, it was like, I'd known you for 30 years. It felt like it was just like, Oh, Hey, you know, and then and that's amazing. The connection that you can build with people is awesome. So I think that's definitely on my list as well as the, the community and the team aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that's on my list about what makes it special still is still the, the idea of, of, like you said, advocating for the ocean is it, it's my wild, like diving the underwater is my wild. And it, as stupid as this sounds, it can even be in a pool and I'm still feeling like I'm in my wild. Like, I mean, I'm not in the <laughs> element I should be, but, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people it's been lobster season lately and everyone says, well, why aren't you out getting lobster? You know, don't you want to cook lobster? And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not super interested in that. Like why? Like, well, cause I want to look at it and I see these lobsters. But I don't want to take anything. Like I don't, I just, it's the wild. I want to, I want to preserve it as it is. And I don't want to even like touch anything. I just want to see it and be experience it and be a part of it and not disturb it. You know, I want to, I want to be in that way. And, um, and so that wild holds that special place for me and it releases stress. It releases, you know, all sorts of, um, things that I've tried to work out in my brain seem to become clear underwater, you know, that have nothing to do with diving, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, best help my, you know, eight, almost nine year old, you know, with this X, Y, and Z, the, the growth vector for her and her life, you know, they've been keeping me up at night. And then underwater, it's like, oh. And I come back with this clarity of like, and it's not like I was trying to think about that. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in that wild space, you're embraced by something that that you feel that you are in the scene, being a part of, actively participating in, not just observing the movie or observing the picture observing somebody else doing it. There's a clarity of mine. There's a, there's a engagement of, I think your soul in that. And for me, that, that is only possible through this activity of diving. I mean, obviously you could on a breath hold do a lot and, you know, snorkeling. And so I'm not dismissing free diving or any of that, that that's not, but for me, I'm just, I need, I need a regulator and a tank, right. Or, or <laughs> whatever to, to experience that hours of, of time. So, so I, I, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just curious, um, speaking of like wild and I feel like this is, you know, we're 
in in the the mood of love in February like what <laughs> what's a top because we all have a lot I'm sure but like what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of like those awe-inspiring wild moments like what was a dive that gets triggered when you're talking about that well, there's a couple and and there's one that immediately came to mind that's more I feel stupid about it, but I, but I also am just like, wow, it was, you know, it was the first few times I've been diving out here in San Diego and and in San Diego, there's, you know, this shelf basically that Mm. houses a bunch of different marine life. And it's not a highly decorated coral shelf or anything like that. It's kind of rock with some, you know, sea plants growing on it and this sort of thing. And, you know, it doesn't, team with life like you don't think like wow this is you know there's fish all around me and there's a you know kind of like what you'd see in a, in a normal reef system it's it's kind of hidden away in in the rocks and in the little tunnels that are digging dug and things and i remember i don't know it was my 10th dive or something like that out here um just getting used to how to get in the water and where to go and things like that and i came across these uh, they call them decorator crabs and i didn't know what they were <laughs> called at the time but they're these little crabs that allow stuff to grow on them for their camouflage. And I was, and it was like looking where all I saw before in the last 10 dives was just rock and some plant life. All of a sudden, oh, there's a crab. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's an- those guys are good at hiding. And then I started to obsess over <laughs> it. And I spent the entire dive just like hovering over a couple crabs with my camera, trying to get those few little videos and things of just how my eye had missed all of that before and now my eye saw it and then how funny they were to you know they would hold so still like they were convinced that their decorations had me fooled and i was like no i see you dude sorry i do see you but uh but they would hold still to the very last second even sometimes i'd be like right next to them and then they'd be like all right i have to move my decorations not working or whatever. And I just kind of became obsessed with them. And so then I went down this whole path of learning about decorator crabs and the size and the type, how do they let stuff grow on them? And how does that happen? And how does that, you know, little piece of seaweed growing on a crab live, you know, like how does that work in the ecosystem, little micro ecosystem there? Uh, And that's just inspiring and, and it's interesting. And it's something that again came with oh, I have capacity in my brain to see this now. Whereas before I was just worried about the compass because I didn't know exactly where I was in that moment. Um, So, I mean, things like that, everything from that to, you know, there's the obvious awe-inspiring, you know, cenote or cave or, you know, these sorts of things. But to me, that little interaction with with the crab in total open water, not a technical dive, not a tough dive. I mean, you know, 70 feet of water, 60 feet of water in decent visibility was just like, this is special. This place is special. And then I think about it when I'm not in the water of like, those guys are still cruising around today. I'm just not there to see it. You know, there's a whole life that's happening, a whole universe happening under the ocean and under the water that's happening right now. I just don't happen to be in the water to see it right in the second. And, uh, and that's, that blows my mind, you know, it makes me want to go back. It makes me want to see it again. It makes me want to be, you know, 
there longer and you know just say to, hi just to your to friends sit. say hi <laughs> yeah. to my friends yeah just to sit and observe and enjoy and participate in what's happening uh, around yeah. you that you're just not aware of until you're there so i i'll shut up now because that was a long answer to your little question but it was a silly silly little decorator crab that got me lately no i love that that's so fun is that uh la jolla shores yeah la jolla shores yeah yeah on the shelf yeah Valcitos Point is a good dropout um, cool. drop point there. Yeah, it's a cool. It's and you know what's cool about that dive site is that it's endless. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is endless in terms of both depth and in terms of length. And so it's pushed me into now getting my rebreather because I want to be able to go deeper and see what goes down those trenches and what kind mm-hmm. of life is that. You know, uh, different places. It's pushed me to try and figure out how to get a DPV. Still looking at you, Dive Extras. Uh, hoping, hoping <laughs> to pull on my CUDA at some point. But, uh, but you know, because I want to be able to extend the range at which I could go. So these the, the, the wild has actually informed my path now as a diver because that's available right here in my backyard. You know, 20 minutes from my house, I can be experiencing that and want to be and will be. When it's, yeah. you know, the king tides aren't around anymore. Yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. You, yeah, San Diego is like, right now, this is kind of a time-sensitive thing. I don't know that we sh- that I should talk about it, but like the floods. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, it's been crazy. Yeah, the, the well, the floods are one thing. That's, that's the rain. But the king tide that has been consistent, which happens, you know, it's, they, they call it a king tide, but it's essentially a... a phenomenon where the gravitational pull of the moon is so strong and a storm and all these sorts of things align and the waves have been insane i mean just insane and some of the kelp forests uh you know because of how strong these currents and waves have been been ripped out uh you know and have to be regrown and and things and it's a natural occurrence it's not something that you know was a freak tidal wave or something like that but um and it happens, you know, during the winter time in San Diego, or can happen, I should say, during the winter time. But it has shut down a lot of diving uh, for the last month. I mean, uh, the cove, for example, there's this video of the cove. So La Jolla Cove is this little protected cove, beautiful mm-hmm. dive site. Yeah. Um, if you want to interact with sea lions and, and seals, that's the place in the world to go do it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, but the, the waves, there's a cliff on the very top and it's a high cliff mm-hmm. that people stand on and you know look down into the ocean the waves were as high as the cliff i mean Stop. you're talking 18 to 25 foot waves it was crazy oh my um, god so it was uh no diving for anybody but here's the interesting part about all that is that because of how strong all of that activity has been and it's ripped out things like the kelp, some of the kelp forests and things like that, which I've heard also up in Northern California and same. It also has unearthed a bunch of things that haven't been seen in so long, X amount mm. of years. It's like there was a picture one of my dive, uh, you know, friends posted up out in the cove of this like wagon wheel that he found. Mm. And it's like, I've been diving in this place a hundred times last year and there's no way I would have missed this. So this was unearthed by... The, the king tides or the king king waves and um 
and there's this wagon wheel. It's like, oh, what the heck is that doing there? You know, and so there's a like whole question of archaeology around that. So super interesting stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I I really love that area. Um, I was just thinking about uh, your story about the decorator crab made me think about one of the first dives that I did in La Jolla Shores, and it was pretty early on in van life, um, and like in my solo diving career. And so I wasn't necessarily like on edge, but maybe I was a little bit, you know, cause it's a long surface swim. Right. It's and I was going out, <laughs> <laughs> I was going out by myself, um, for a dusk dive. So the sun was starting to set, you know, in uh, a night dusk night dive. And, uh, I remember I was heading down that, that shelf and a sea lion scared the life <laughs> out of me, like completely buzzed me from behind. I screamed in my regulator. I think I have a, a video of it. And then just continued to, you know, swirl around like they do and then finally left. But I I will never forget that. I was so surprised and scared in that moment. But then it was like, it's fine. Like, they're supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. Nothing Just going on. Crazy, crazy. I love that dive site. I had, um, I was thinking when I asked you that, I was thinking about one that stands out for me. And I mean, like you said, there's so many, but I think one of my favorites was um, also in California. So this is like really promoting California diving here. <laughs> California uh, diving, there you go. Yeah. Sometimes it's great. <laughs> Send it to the tourism board for sponsorship. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, it was actually on the central coast um, in like the port of San Luis area. So near Avila. Okay. Which is normally not great, right? Visibility is usually not good, but this had been, I don't know, a few years ago. And it was a season when um, there were just no waves for a few weeks. Like all the surfers were all bummed because there was just no activity. But of course, scuba divers, we were stoked and had great visibility. I was supposed to go out to teach a class, but I had extra time. I like got there earlier or whatever. And I decided to go for, I think this was actually like my first solo dive. And I think max depth was like, 35 feet, like just because I wasn't confident in doing that kind of stuff. And I just didn't want to get in over my head. Right. But I just I had to see it because the water was so clear. I couldn't believe mm. how clear it was and uh, got in the water and then had like four or five harbor seals just like playing with me. Mm. And I was there by myself and they were just, you know, zipping all around and dodging in and going. I mean, it was, it was just a show and I was laughing so much. I, I think those moments, you know, they're, they're so simple. And especially for people that dive in places, you know, dive in California, like you see a million harbor seals, you see a million sea lions, but it just never gets old to me. Like those yeah. moments of just being there and witnessing, like you were saying, it's very cool. One of my lights yeah. died. So I'm no going to move this over here. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think the, the other thing that was on my list, so uh, beyond it being wild and, and having those experiences and, and the community piece of it, I think the other piece, and this, this is probably just me, but 
I, I just like geeking out a little bit on the the technology and what I mean what I mean by technology is not like computers and things, although that's part of it, but just gear and gear configurations and rebreathers and reasons why and, and things because it, it is something that like we cannot do without that gear, right? Mm-hmm. We, we just haven't evolved backwards, I guess, enough to be able to breathe underwater. And so because of that, we've either got, you know, whatever we got in our lungs or we got to take something with us. And so for me, I like tinkering with the gear. I like, simplifying it. I like understanding the gear, you know, learning about it. And I think that, um, diving in general gear is maybe one of the, the metaphors for how there's just a con you're never done learning because it's wild, because it's unpredictable, because all of those things, you, you know, I always joke that scuba is very good at, as soon as you feel like you, you have it figured out, um, I know that the the hits coming. You know what I mean. As soon as I feel good about something, it's like I know the hits coming, and and whether that be a new piece of of gear or it be a new environment or it be the same environment with a new challenge or it be new teammates, all those sorts of things, you're never done learning. And I really enjoy that 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 all of the the learning, the tinkering with your technique, the tinkering with your gear, the the wow, I didn't think about it in that way. Um, I might disagree. I might not think that that's a good idea, but I didn't think about it that way. Or the discussions that you have. I mean, I was just uh, recently in cave country in Florida. Mm-hmm. We dove, um, you know, the mill pond for, for gosh, four or five days. And then we went on down and, and did, you know, high springs for another week and um, just amazing diving and meeting people and community and all that stuff. But just the conversations you'd get into that were so nuanced about a certain thing. It's cave divers, especially I feel like, you know, have, have a strong opinion about certain things. And some Everything. of them are just stupid in my opinion. And some of them you go make you think like, Hmm. And some of them you go like, well, I guess it's dependent upon these other, these other things that you have to believe in for that to be true. And, and so, you know, they're, there's an a, a right answer. There's the right answer for you and what you feel like puts you in the position to be as safe as possible and, and those sorts of things. But the fact that you could talk about it endlessly for mm-hmm. weeks on end with strangers is something that's special um, and and cool. And, and hopefully you walk away from those conversations still friends or still acquaintances. <laughs> Sometimes people get a little too heated with things and you know, believe it's their way or their highway, which I don't think is the right way to do it. And and look, I'll be honest, UTD, DIR diving, <coughs> GUE, we, we get that reputation because we have a certain way of approaching things. And, you know, one of the founders of it, George Irvine, back in the day, called everyone that didn't think his way was working strokes. And so it became a, our way or the highway, you know, kind of philosophy. But there was a reason when you look at the history that that was the case. And that was because they were trying to keep people completely safe in a completely unexplored environment and work that they were doing for their purposes. And it spilled out into a a system and a way and a philosophy of diving. I find today, you know, for me at least, I'll go diving with anybody. And I don't look at people as strokes or this, that, or other thing, just different. 
differently trained. And if people ask me questions, I'll answer them and I'll ask other people questions and it's open. But again, that that's the thing I think that's cool is that there's an, it's so young diving in general that there's an evolution of a philosophy and approach. And we know so little today, although we think we have it all figured out of how to breathe underwater and something will change and something will change. And that's exciting to me to be a part of, of something that's so, uh, you know, ready for evolution, revolution and, and continually reinventing itself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask the question is stroke, uh, specific to UTD? Cause I've never heard that before. <laughs> you never heard that. No, it was actually no. specific to, to GUE and okay. it became, That's- so stroke was the definition was at the time and, and has evolved, you know, it's kind of like the telephone game. The definition at the time was, you know, the saying was don't dive with strokes. And the idea was that a stroke is someone who is unsafe to him or herself or to others on the team. So they have a mindset that they're right or a configuration that is unsafe to you or to themselves. So don't go diving with those people, Mm. right? It was, was the initial. Now, if you know anything about the history of DIR diving, George Irwin was not necessarily the easiest pill to swallow and that's saying it very lightly and i didn't know the guy personally so from what i understand not not the the guy you want to hang out with and chill netflix and chill would not be on his uh his his phrase uh you know, book there but do you know what that means <laughs> i do now yeah, i do now. I realize it as soon as it's coming out of my mouth that that was the wrong thing to say <laughs> I love it. I mean, it works. Uh, it works in that. Sense I don't think as well. that would, it would work in that sense as well. I you know, think as well, it's it would fine. be like you know, <laughs> skydiving, chill. Uh, but um, now I'm digging myself a hole. I can't get out. But the point being, I think the initial intent of that phrase was was to protect those divers and to give them a, an ability to identify something that was a a mindset and philosophy that that was dangerous or that could mm. be potentially dangerous to them type of diving they're doing. What is kind of evolved to mean um, to some folks is anyone that doesn't dive the same way you do yeah. as a GUE or DIR. That's, that's what I UTD. assumed. Yeah. Okay. And that's not how I would use it. But again, the people that, and this will be fine. This is part of the reason I think you and I are going to be such a great team because I have my, training and my belief system and my, you know, all those things that, that, that I believe in, but I don't come on it with the same baggage that I think a lot of that <laughs> side of things has. And for me, I can understand both sides of that equation on, on one side. I mean, who, who the heck, like I dive the way I want to dive. So like, why are you judging me for, for that? And I like it here. And that's good enough for me, should be good enough for you. And I get that. I get that philosophy, right? And I get that belief. On the other side of that equation is someone who has invested a ton of energy, time, training, resources, money, so on and so forth, into understanding and wanting to understand and driven to understand why a bolt snap is tied off the way it's tied off, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what does that have to do with safety? 
You know, what does no metal to metal connections have to do with safety? Oh, mm-hmm. you dig into the history, you understand, oh, actually some of the wreck divers on the East Coast back in the day had metal to metal connections on bottles mm-hmm. and a guy got hung up on wires and couldn't cut himself out. So that's why we tie on a bolt snap the way we do it. And so every little thing that we do in a, in a DIR configuration has a why behind it. And my personality is always, well, why? Tell me why. Tell me why that's the case. And there's an answer for everything, not just that's the way I've always done it or that's the way it looks cool or that's the way whatever. And so then I'm on the other side of that fence is all this investment and time and this, this deep yearning to understand why something is the way it is compared against I like it the way I like it because I like it and that should be good enough. I could see the tension and I see where, where there's you know, opportunity for, for both sides to be dismissive of one another. And I always kind of take the approach of saying, look, like I dive the way that I dive for me and for my team and for others. And I believe that that's the best way. And if there's some something else, either I can choose not to go diving with that person if I think it's catastrophically unsafe to me or to them or, you know, adapt and have fun diving. Yeah. And that's what I do. Adapt and have fun diving and go, hey, look, if you come to me for I have a stupid story about this. Sorry, I'm talking on and on about DIR, <laughs> but here's a funny story about it. First dive back in San Diego or first dive in San Diego with brand new people I've never been diving with before. Night dive, La Jolla Shores, nightmare dive. I did a whole podcast last year. Just train wreck for me. And one instance of that is we're diving along a bunch of photographers. I mean, their photography rigs are just like insane you know these massive rigs and this guy who now i know well and it's a joke now but i didn't know him at all at the time first time i ever dealt with him starts giving a signal on the ground right and it's not hey look at this signal nice and calm it's i'm out of gas signal is what i Mm. see i see i'm out of gas i don't know the guy i look at all the other divers three or four other divers sitting around this person no one else is reacting and i think to myself this guy's going to die. So I took two hard kicks, have my hand on my long hose. I'm about to rip that thing out of my mouth and shove it in this guy's mouth because he's saying I need gas and no one's reacting. And I am the new guy, but I'm not going to let him die. And as soon as like the rig starts to come out, you know, you start to just release it from your teeth and like you're right. I'm getting to his eyes to see like, is he what's going on? And he's like, totally fine looks at me like whoa what are you doing so close to me and i'm like back kick back kick back kick just kidding just kidding just kidding like okay what the hell was that well he was just showing something that he saw that maybe people Mm. would want to take a picture of was that was his thing to me i saw and read hey i'm out of gas and i'm about to die you know that was my Mm. reaction and i talked to him about it after the dive i said hey like sorry i got a little close there you know, and if I freaked you out at all, I really apologize. You know, this is how I, what I was doing and how I saw it and, you know, apologies. And he was like, no, thank you so much for caring that much that you would like look like an idiot. And he's like, I'm really sorry I used that signal. Um, you know, I just a shorthand between us, like, hey, look at this thing. And yeah, I know that means out of gas, but I just wasn't thinking that way. And mm-hmm. so it's been a really cool thing and, and we've been able to build a cool diving, um, you know, team, team ship around that uh, or be cool teammates around that one experience. But that's a good example of like, 
again, different, let it be. I look like an idiot, but I'd rather look like an idiot than let someone not have gas. And that was a good little snapshot of time of like both of us kind of being differently trained, different ways of doing Mm -hmm. things and me reading one thing another way and him reading it a different way and it all working out and me not having to come up and yell at him and be like, what the heck? Or him being upset that I was in his face and whatever. It could have gone a different way. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's going to be cool. Um, you know, as we dive into different topics and stuff, you know, my experience through the Patty system and, you know, I've taken some TDI courses as well. Um, but I, I have very limited experience with GUE, you know, just based on like what I've seen in the Pacific Northwest and California um, and UTD and everything. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for us to finally get to dive together at some point, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, soon, just soon. to, yeah, just to like learn from each other and share different perspectives there because I, you know, Patty's been really good to me, but I'm open. Like I, I bring in things from uh, other places that I've learned and I bring them into my courses, you know, of course I'm following the Patty standards, but like you can add extras and really beef up those courses so that they're, they're bringing more value to people. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be cool to have those discussions, different perspectives from our very, like, varied experience between the two of us, you know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I think that that's the, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most about our partnership is, is learning from each other and learning from our audience and, mm-hmm. and from the Scubaverse out there and and being able to connect. I mean, neither one of us get paid to do this and um yet yet is a good phrase for this but uh that's also not necessarily the driving force behind everything is money there's a richness beyond that and um getting to 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 connect with people um that are fans of the show and you know the you know people come up to me and i'm sure like you get this all the time is you know, hey, I feel like I know you, and mm-hmm. I don't know this. I've never met them before. Like, I feel like I know you. Yeah, I know you like blah 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 blah. And it's like, oh yeah, I, you know, it's like you were having a conversation with me. I was like, I was, I, but I wasn't. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I was, but I wasn't. And and that's what's what's special. That's that community piece of it as well. And and what I look forward to uh, us, our partnership is not only I think that our experience is different and that's good and Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be the same and our training is different and that's good. It doesn't have to be the same, but also our minds are different. Our approaches are different. How we see something may be different and that's good. Uh, I think these are all good things. The the goal of the show is not to tout one way as being a right way or a wrong way or those sorts of things, but to talk about diving and the love of it. And, and expand things, right? I, I remember last year talking about this topic. Um, we You had listed a lot of statistics, right? Like we talked about what the average diver looks like and, and all of that. And we talked about the still wildly lacking, um, just the fact that diving is, is wildly lacking di- diversity, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's an important thing uh, to to highlight just different different experiences in the industry. And and what I really look forward to, you know, coming up in the season is bringing in 
different people, you know, that maybe haven't been included in the community very easily, whether they've been priced out because of things or just the the community itself is closed off or whatever. Like, I feel like there's a shift happening, especially with social media. And it's so beautiful because people younger than us, <laughs> you know, are, are making diving even more accessible. And um, it's just looking... It, it's looking really good. You know, it's people, new people are coming in and we're getting a lot of um, just exposure to different people, different cultures, different lifestyles. I think that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that there is definitely a a center line of what scuba has been. And I don't know, you probably, you know, I geek out about some of the, um, uh, Daniel calls me a nerd, but I like some of the pop culture movies and things. And one of them that's been out there is, has been um, the series called Loki, which is about this timeline. There's a sacred timeline, right? That, and everything else is a deviation or a branch from that. And this whole organization is built around protecting the sacred timeline and killing off branches that they don't evolve and kill off the the main line, right? And what they find over the evolution, not to ruin the show for anybody that's going to watch it, but that actually there's a lot of life and amazingness in these branches. Mm. And they've been killing that off. And, you know, this is my summation of a, of a pop culture Marvel comic book movie but or series but i think that the same thing's true it's a good analogy for diving in the sense that there is this kind of sacred storyline you know white male wealthy you know mm-hmm. person and it's not to pick on those people to say that there's anything wrong with them doing diving but it isn't only for them and yeah. most of the people that that fall into that that line of 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 a uh, uh, you know, of a through line are not trying to preserve it only for them. I think there are yeah. some that do. And I think that that's sad. And I think that that's sad for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think most people that find themselves in that demographic are there because they love diving and they, they fit into the demographic, not because they want to, but because by happenstance, what I see changing is that now there's an opening up for that diversity, that there's other ways and other approaches. And, and yes, scuba diving is expensive to get started. It can be a very expensive hobby to continue. It can be very homogenous in terms of who does it, but that change, that evolution comes from people bringing voice to different ways of diving, different ways of, of, of experiencing this. And I, I'm excited that the dive table, and, and that's been an intention from the beginning is, is not about that one storyline, but about all of it and how do we continue to give voice and, and shed light to places maybe like you say that haven't had that. And that's an exciting thing uh, for me being a person that, you know, I, I always say I'm a, I'm a reluctant, you know, person of, of ethnicity because I didn't realize it <laughs> until much later in my life, which is a whole different podcast. But I didn't realize I was a person of, you know, 
ethnic difference until much later in my life. And then, and then I realized it and then all the rest of it made sense, right? Mm. Uh, from growing up was like, oh, that was, that was this, that was that, wow. that was this feeling. I had no idea that that's what I was experiencing because I just was, I guess, shielded from it in some ways uh, mentally. But for someone that's a little bit different than my favorite game in the world to play in, in when I'm traveling is, you know, where am I from? No one ever can guess it. Uh, if I don't open my mouth, I basically fit in everywhere. I look that weird, I guess. So it works. Uh, you know, it works for me. But I always looked at myself as just a white dude, and that's not the case. The how everyone, and it's not the case how others see me. And that's mm. been a very interesting journey for the last, uh, honestly, the last probably 10 years that yeah. I've had that wool opened of like, other people don't see me the way I see myself. Mm. And that's very weird. Uh, and very strange. And that I think is a good metaphor for maybe people that that diversity that you're speaking about don't necessarily see themselves as the diversity in scuba diving, but other yeah. people might. Yeah. And that's where no. the I think the through line can be, which is awesome. No, it's it's really powerful because I, I watch there's this um there's this TikToker because I'm on TikTok, you know, <laughs> um, but she is, <laughs> that's a cute <laughs> that's little TikTok, TikTok dance <laughs> for those of you watching the video. Um, <laughs> no, there's this woman who popped off on TikTok and just went absolutely viral um, because she's black and she's discovered scuba diving and it's like her favorite thing in the whole world. And I want to have her on the podcast. Like, I'm going to send her the message because I want her to come on and talk about this this experience. Um, but she's, you know, pointed out that certain materials, there's no black divers. She doesn't meet very many black divers. And But having her, like, the way that her platform has just blown up, it's like, people want this, you know, like mm -hmm. this is why social media is so powerful is because like we need this, you know, we need different people and we need to have it be open. Um, that's something that, uh, and if anybody's curious to follow her, she's, I believe her handle is black girl, blue world. She's incredible. I Very love her cool. to pieces. I can't wait to meet her. Um, but I, that's probably the most common thing that comments that I get from people that find my channel is I, I'm not intimidating. Like I, I don't come off as this my way or the highway kind of person when I'm teaching and I'm, I'm glad cause that's not who I want to be ever. Um, but that people are almost relieved that they found my channel because they just couldn't connect with the other people that they were watching on YouTube. And that's important to me, you know, mm. like that we don't give off this feeling of that standoffish, like you're not part of the club, so you can't be here kind of thing. And I don't know. I think the fact that I live in a van and I'm obviously not rich, <laughs> like I think that helps <laughs> a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I just see things... Uh, shifting in a way that's really exciting, really exciting. 
Well, this is awesome. I think we're we're at our time for this episode. It didn't yeah. go exactly to script, which is exactly what I was hoping. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the passions for not only scuba but why we're doing something like this podcast mm-hmm. just just are so strong. And the you know, for me, I, I, you know, there's days I, I'll be honest where it's just like, why am I doing this podcast? You know, like there's so much. Uh, time and effort and energy and like um, do people even listen you get the stats back okay they do listen but no one ever like you know what do I really know that you know like blah 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 and it, it just brings me back to the fact that like divergent voices are important and putting yourself in the position to do what you love and who you are and be who you are and I think that's the the heart and soul of of what I hope we never lose in this is that that's the whole purpose of this. Mm. Be who you are, evolve, grow, have opinions, thoughts, and then bring others along the journey. And, and that's it. And, uh, and that's why I think, you know, our partnership and, and this season, I feel like we're, it's a brand new podcast. You know, it obviously is a brand new opportunity. Um, and I'm excited about this season. So I think that's all I got. I, I could probably talk another three hours, but there's, what been you? Awesome. You? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, when I say someone's verbose, it means something. Oh, man. Because <laughs> I know I'm verbose. <laughs> there are others that are more verbose than me. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else for this either. I mean, I think I said it last year in this episode. This industry has absolutely slapped me around in so many ways, and yet I keep coming back to it. So, that's that to me is that that's some kind of love. I don't know if it's a healthy love, but <laughs> you know, it it's is. Like call, I just, might call that codependence. I don't know. I, <laughs> I have a problem there. We won't go yeah. into that. That's that's a whole other personal thing. But it's, yeah, it's it's definitely. I'm I'm happy to be here, and I I'm glad that whoever does end up listening to this is here as well because they're all important. Absolutely. Well, good. Uh, well, to wrap this one up, man, we we have never done a good job of promoting what you should do if you listen to this episode, how you should connect with us. It always feels weird, but I'm going to try it and say, look, we want to hear from you. We want you to be engaged. We want you to subscribe to this podcast, to the YouTube channel, to Sarah's YouTube channel. We want to connect. And so I am, uh, I am unabashedly telling you, be a part of this community by joining, subscribing, sending an email to jay at thedivetable.com or sarah at thedivetable.com or daniel at thedivetable.com and, and grow this community alongside of us. So uh, unabashedly saying we want you to join us, but let us know you're out there in this season. You're still listening you're still engaged. And what are you looking forward to for Sarah and I to talk about over the next year in this season? Uh, Sarah, any other way? How did I do promoting it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh, we're, we're also going to be working on our Facebook group. Uh, so, you know, TBD, we're working on that. Uh, but that's a great way to be more connected to a smaller community. Well, awesome. Any uh, any parting thoughts, Sarah, before we close this one down? 
Nope. This was great. Thanks for having me. Or I guess this now this is us. So you're not. Yeah, having I can me say like, the same. Whoa. Thanks for having me. Oh, the light just went out. Perfect. It's perfect timing. All of and my lights have lights died. Out. <laughs> yeah, that's lights out. All of my lights have died in the van. There's no more. <laughs> so quite literally, the show is over. Lights out. I love it. It cannot end any stronger than that. Well, awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, Not thanks. I'll see you next time because we'll be doing this for the next uh, foreseeable future together. All right. Thanks, everyone out there in the the, uh, Scubaverse. And we can't wait for you to die or to die with us for sure. But to join us on the next episode of The Dive Table. Bye. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.